Praise the Lord. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson, and I want to welcome you today to our Romans teaching. We're in chapter 3. Uh, this is our, let me look here, it's our fourth session in chapter 3. There is 11 sessions in chapter 2, 23 sessions in chapter 1. In case you're not watching via YouTube, my YouTube channel is Curtis Hutchinson 316. That's where all these teachings are uploaded to. They're all there. The Galatians teaching is there. All the worship services, the music, and the messages are there. It's all free of charge. It's all for you to go and to glean and learn the Word of God as it is in truth and righteousness. We are a blessed people today to be the church in the these last days, uh, the Lord had to save me when I He saved me when I was 11 years old from hell, from sin, from the initial salvation, and then I got away from the Lord for 22 years. He came back and got me in the Word, got me back in church. But then, uh, uh, 10 years later, uh, thereabouts, He had to come and get me again and bring me to the truth and righteousness of His God, of His Word by bringing me back to faith in the cross. And there is where it all happens, my friend. There's where you were saved. There's where you'll walk in your salvation. And there's where you will finish this race if you finish it in great victory. And today, uh, I want to start in uh, verse 5. Because Paul is dealing with, and again, we always need to uh, stop and make sure instead of just reading, instead of just looking at something, we understand what was going on, what was he writing about in this particular portion of his letter. And there were Jewish uh, Christians, there were Gentile Christians, and they were in Rome, and there were problems there. The Jewish Christians, of course, uh, always, as always, were trying to bring along the law, trying to force the law and to bring the law into play. And, and Paul ends up telling them that... Uh, you're, you're, it's it's not a Jew that's one circumcised outwardly. It's a Jew, meaning a people of God, the people of God, or are the people who are circumcised of the heart inwardly. And uh, and and really, as we get into this today, I want to back up and read verse twenty six of chapter two because Paul is a preacher of righteousness. Paul begins to deal, and where we're going to be today, Paul begins to really deal with righteousness and how there's fault thoughts about righteousness. So watch the topic. You have to back up sometimes in verse 26 of chapter 2. Paul says, let's back up to verse 25. For circumcision verily profits, it does profit if you keep the law. Well, guess what? Nobody ever has but Jesus. He says, but if you be a breaker of the law, your circumcision is made uncircumcision. That means the outward circumcision of a Jewish person meant nothing because they were lawbreakers. The only way God dealt with them is through their faith, just like He deals with us, faith in that promise given of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the Redeemer, the seed of the woman that would one day come. Because none of them under the law ever kept the law. You and I, even as children of God, the only way we're called law keepers is if our faith is seen by God in Christ, the only one who has kept the law, fulfilled the law. But he, he gets here and he says in verse 26 of chapter 2, and this is important because of where we're going today in chapter 3. 
Therefore, if the uncircumcision, the Gentiles, keep the righteousness of the law, which they do through faith in Christ, shall not his uncircumcision be counted for circumcision. Mm-hmm. So Paul is saying here, again, what he says later on uh, in, in, when he writes to the Galatians in, in chapter uh, 5 and verse 6, for it's not circumcision or not circumcision or uncircumcision that avails anything but faith that works by love. Amen. And that's the faith of Jesus Christ that loved us and gave himself for us, Galatians 2.20. So when he sees this, he says, Therefore, if the uncircumcision keep the righteousness of the law, and they're talking about Gentiles, the uncircumcised, keeping the righteousness of the law by faith in Christ, who is the only law keeper, shall not his uncircumcision be counted for circumcision. And again, because Paul goes on to say there, it's not the outward but the inward circumcision. It's not the cutting of flesh on our part outwardly, but it's the inward cutting of the heart's flesh Amen. That makes us a people of God. So when he gets over here, and the argument here, Paul is dealing with here uh, Christians who are saying what they say today. They're looking for a way to live in sin. That's what's happening here. They're looking. They're trying to say that well, God's goodness and His His grace, His mercy, His His righteousness. Listen, it's so great uh, that that we see how great it is because of the sin we were in. We might as well just keep living in sin so we can see how much greater His righteousness is. That's exactly the mindset of these people. Listen to it. He says, and he's answering somebody. But if our unrighteousness commends the righteousness of God, what shall we say? Is God unrighteous who takes vengeance? I speak as a man. God forbid. And as we talked about last session, when the Bible says God forbid, that means God forbids you to think that way. God forbids you to go that direction. God forbids. Now there are ministers today who are not ministers of righteousness. Let me say it again. There are many ministers today who are not ministers of righteousness of the Spirit. They're not ministers, not walking... Even if they're Christians, they're not walking in their uh, enablement by God to be the New Testament ministers. 2 Corinthians 3, 6 through 9, listen, explains it. Well, two things, of the Spirit and of righteousness. And you can't live in sin to try to say God's righteousness is even getting greater because I'm living in sin and, and His righteousness even appears. Listen, that's stupid. That's what that is. That, that, that really... Bottom line, that's flesh wanting to live in sin. So we can just say God's righteousness is great. Can I say something today? Now, this may rub the hair the wrong way on the cat, but all you have to do is turn around, repent, and, and, and things will be okay if this is referring to you. But those who say, I'm going to go ahead and commit this act of unrighteousness and then ask for forgiveness later, Listen, that, that's a dangerous place to be walking in, my friend, and that's part of the deception that was here. God's mercy, grace, His righteousness is so huge that it's seen even greater when I was found in sin. So if I, if I just keep living in sin and, and, and coming back to God, and, I, and I'll just see how much greater His righteousness is. 
for me to think I can go ahead and do something, although I know it's sin, and then ask forgiveness later with, a, with, with, with an awareness of what I'm doing. And then after I commit the sin and I ask God to forgive me, God's not looking for me to ask for forgiveness for that sin I committed. God's looking for me to ask for forgiveness for that mindset. Think about that. God's, God's looking for me to ask for forgiveness to make right that which is really wrong. Not the committing of that act of sin, but that which is wrong in my heart to even think that way. And that's what Paul here, under the unction of the Holy Spirit, is doing. He's, he's, the Lord is reaching into this church in Rome trying to bring these Christians back to a, a place of thinking right. You, you can't keep living in unrighteousness and, and uh, think that's going to commend the righteousness of God. And that's exactly what they're thinking. Because watch this. Let's read on through this and we'll see this. Proof of that right here. God forbid, for then how shall God judge the world? If unrighteousness is that which commends righteousness and and man could one day say, well, I lived unrighteous because of the greatness of your righteousness, then how will God ever take vengeance on an unrighteous world? Well, He wouldn't be able to. That's why God says, not Paul, I forbid, I, the Lord, forbid. Watch this, verse 7. For if the truth of God has more abounded through my lie unto his glory, why yet am I also judged as a sinner? Notice what's being said here. Now this, these things are hard to, to understand for those who don't really study the Word, but every one of you, under the sound of my voice, more than likely is a student of the Word or you wouldn't be listening to Brother Curtis. Amen. Listen to what he's saying here. If the truth of God has more abounded through my lie unto His glory. The truth of God does not abound through my lie. God never is glorified by me living a lie. Think about that. God is never glorified. The truth of God does not abound in me living a lie. The truth of God abounds and the glory of God is revealed to Him, for Him, by Him when I repent brokenhearted over my sin this, this kind of goes along with, with this new grace revolution movement. That when, you know, when, I'm, when there's sin in my life, I, I, I ignore that which uh, is the enemy. That's not the Holy Spirit convicting me. That's what they teach. That's, and I just need to confess my righteousness. That my righteousness is, is greater even through, even through... And righteousness is a position God has given you as a status. But hear me, righteousness is also a path that He's put before you and with the opportunity of bearing forth fruits of His righteousness. And His righteousness is not seen in living a lie, in living in sin. His righteousness is seen. His truth is abounding. He is being glorified when I'm walking with my faith in the sacrifice. Not my confession, my faith in the sacrifice. Salvation does not take place when I confess. Salvation takes place when I believe with the heart and then the confession is made. So if I'm just confessing anything 
other than the heart believing it, I'm not going to find victory. And I'm going to start finding me a little group of people who are making things up like these people in Rome. These children of God in Rome were making things up trying to, and all it is is a lust to live in the flesh, to live in sin. And then the excuse, well, God's grace, God's righteousness is so much more experienced when we're, when we're uh, living a life, when, we, when we've got a little sin in our lives, we see how much greater is righteousness. And watch what the Lord says here. If the truth of God has more abounded through my lie to his glory, why yet am I also judged as a sinner? The Holy Spirit here is saying there is judgment for the sin. There is judgment for the sin. Can I say something to you that's, let me mark my place here today. I won't forget where we are. We cannot just make things up as we go. We cannot just decide how it's going to be. We have the Word of God to be the light unto our, our path so that we can walk in this path. And there are consequences today for every human being on the earth, and all those consequences are based on what they do with the judgment of God, which is God's Word in the context of Christ and Him crucified. What do you mean that context? Because every word God has ever spoken, write this down, Proverbs 8 and 8, all the words of my mouth are in righteousness. And the righteousness of God is only revealed in the gospel, Romans 1, 16 and 17. And the righteousness of God is only imputed to sinners through their faith in Christ and what He did on the cross concerning their sin. When we're born again, He takes our sin. He gives us His righteousness. Amen. So the only way to stay on that path is to keep our faith, faith there. Not in words we speak or in any money we give. Anything. Even the biblical principles. When we move our faith from the cross then we move our faith back to the letter of the law instead of the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. So think about that. There are consequences. You and I, as human beings, get to choose. We get to choose. We have the power of choice. We get to choose where we'll place our faith. And in all reality, that's really all that we're in control of. And to me, what I'm about to tell you is, is, is a great, it's a great uh, a revelation that human beings have the power of choice. They get to choose where we put our faith. If we place our faith in Christ and what He accomplished for us on the cross, the Holy Spirit will save, lead, strengthen, encourage, embolden us, enable us, to do the will of God, to experience the blessings of God, and to miss out on a whole world full of mess and, and, and bondage. Listen, but if I choose not to put my faith in the cross, even if it's in something in the Bible, circumcision is in the Bible, but that's not what our faith is in. Water baptism is in the Bible, but that's not what our faith is in. 
God has only given mankind one object of faith. That's the promise of the seed of the woman through the sacrifice that would come. Jesus Christ and Him crucified was the message in the Garden of Eden. It's still the message today from the New Testament enabled ministers who are walking in that enablement by the Spirit. It is a ministry of the Spirit and of righteousness. Again, 2 Corinthians 3, 6-9. through 9. If they are not preaching the Word of God in the eyes through the revelation of the cross, in the context of the sacrifice of Christ, they are not walking in their enablement. It is not the Holy Spirit. Think about that. Proverbs 12 and 17 says that he that speaks truth shows forth the righteousness of God. Think about that. But a, deceit, but, but a deceitful witness is telling a lie. Think about that. Think about that. If the truth is being spoken and God's word is, is truth, but it's also in righteousness. Every word he's ever spoken is in righteousness. And that's what Paul is dealing with here. What are you claiming that your righteousness now, that, that, your right, that righteousness, uh, unrighteousness is commending the sin in your life, is, is commending the righteousness of God, making it look bigger? No, it's not. Living in a lie will not make the truth of God abound and God be glorified. That can't happen. It cannot happen. So when our faith is not in the cross, even if it's in things that are written in the Word, the Holy Spirit's not going to work in our lives. Psalms 33, 4, For the Word of the Lord is right, and all His works are done in truth. Write that down. Psalms 33 and 4, For the Word of the Lord is right, and all his works are done in truth. Think about that. Think about that. Every word God has ever spoken is in righteousness. It's a huge topic. It's a huge topic. Verse 8, and not, let me back up in verse 7 so we can roll right into verse 8. For if the truth of God has more abounded through my lie unto his glory, why yet am I also judged as a sinner? And I have to stop again. Uh, the Lord keeps reminding me that Christians can be judged if they don't judge themselves and examine themselves and make sure their faith that they're in the faith, not in a church. Thank God for church. Not in this, in that, doing this, doing In the faith. Paul said it more than once. Examine yourself. Make sure you're in the faith. That means faith in the cross. Not when you were younger, not when you were just alone, when you were saved. Right now, is that what you're trusting in? If it's not, your hope is not in Christ. The only way you can hope in Christ is that your hope is in that what He accomplished at Calvary is all you will ever need. Amen. There are consequences for you, consequences for me as children of God. If we live a lie, if we don't live and serve righteousness as we were brought into God's kingdom and immediately, Romans chapter 6, verse 17 and 18 says, when we obeyed that form of doctrine, Message of the cross. We were free from sin and we were made servants of righteousness. If we don't continue down this avenue of serving righteousness by faith in the Word of God in its righteous context, which means looking through the cross onto the pages of God's Word, it's the only way the Holy Spirit will teach it to you. Again, Proverbs twelve seventeen: He that speaks truth 
shows forth the righteousness of God. So for it to be truth, if it's truth, righteousness will be seen. Righteousness is only revealed in the gospel, Romans 1, 16 and 17. And the gospel is the message of Christ in Him crucified. Think about how powerful. You know, I know it's very elementary and, and the wisdom of men think, well, I've, it's got to be more than that. No, you better be glad it's not more than that. God made it simple for everyone to be able just to receive it, believe it by faith, just believe it. He says, for if the truth of God has more abounded through my lie unto his glory, why yet am I also judged as a sinner? And not rather as we be slanderously reported and as some affirm that we say, let us do evil that good may come whose damnation is just. Think about what people are saying about Paul. People are saying about Paul that Paul in them is saying, let us do evil that good may come whose damnation is judged. Their damnation is judged. The damnation of those who actually are living that way is going to be just. That's, that's not what we've been called. We've been called to serve righteousness, not serve sin and declare God's righteousness is great. Isn't that what the grace revolution is doing? They move their faith from the cross to their declaration. And, and the declaration plays a part. If, when we believe with the heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and declare with the mouth, it's when we believe from the heart unto righteousness and with the lips declare. But the declaration of the lips without the heart believing first and the heart, let me tell you something about the heart. The heart's going to be convicted of sin, not granted a pass to live in sin just because of the cross or God's grace. God's grace does not cover sin. God's grace saves from sin and empowers from the power of sin. God's grace saves from the guilt and the shame of sin and God's grace delivers from the power of sin. Many today are using the excuse of grace to live in sin. And that's what's happening here. They're saying about Paul that there's... If you teach true God's grace, the avenue of true righteousness, people are going to be saying out there, well, the, you, you guys are just saying you can live in sin. And that's what's said many times about us ministers of the New Testament. And it, why do they say that? Because we won't lay down the law. Lay down the law. You got to do this. You got to. Isn't it amazing? Like most churches in America that are packed with the most people are the ones who have law presented to them. Folk ain't missed church in forty years. They hadn't missed a service in forty years because they're 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 scared not to. Not doing it out of love for the Lord. They're scared what pe what the preacher might think. Oh, listen. And you shouldn't be missing meetings. But, there, but, but you can't go back under a law about meetings either. Amen. Let me read this again. And not rather, as we have been slanderously reported, <clears throat> as some affirm that we good may come, God's already said through the Apostle Paul, God forbid. And their damnation is just who are accusing them of that. You can't live in sin 
and boast on the righteousness of God. And basically, that's what the, the grace revolution is doing. Living in, because if your faith is not in the cross, it's in your declaration, your words you speak, even though they're right words. If, if your faith is in the words you're speaking and what you're saying, and you're being taught that, that conviction inside of you is not the Holy Spirit, but that's really the devil just trying to make you think you're not righteous, that you need to beware of these folks. Their damnation is just. Those that live that life of a lie, boasting in the righteousness of God through law. Think about that. Boasting in the righteousness of God through law. Because living in sin and making excuses for it or accusing yourself from, from sin, living in it while you're declaring the righteousness of God and your faith is in just you declaring the righteousness of God. You're under law. Romans 2, 14 and 15 says it's under the law that we make excuses or, or excuse ourselves of sin or accuse of sin. Think about that. Think about that. Preachers of the New Testament, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 6 through 9. For, for a New Testament minister to be legitimate in the eyes of God, it, the ministry must be of the Spirit, He's the one speaking truth. And what he's speaking, it must be of righteousness. And that means through the cross, not your righteousness from works, your righteousness imputed because of your faith in Christ and his work at the cross. Never listen, never sit under, never agree with, never go along with those that say Christ and your works. It is Christ and him crucified, his finished work, not Christ and your work. That eliminates you from grace. And that's what the book of Galatians is about. I pray you'd read it. Uh, well, I'm, I'm praising God today for all those who find these teachings online at YouTube. My YouTube channel is Curtis Hutchinson 316. Avail yourself to all these teachings there. Follow along. Get a piece of paper. Get a pencil. Take notes. Pray. Ask the Lord to give you what you need. And I promise you, He'll get you running this race like you've never ran it before. He'll make you more thankful than you've ever been. And He'll cause your heart to hunger and thirst after His righteousness like never before. For, and you'll find yourself being filled as the promise of Jesus Christ to those who hunger and thirst. God bless you. I sure do love you. And until next session, I pray that you will be found being determined to know nothing other than Christ in Him crucified. God bless you.